What's up, food history nerds? I'm Celine Roberts, and you're listening to 5 Minutes in Food History. We're in Washington, PA, talking to Ellen Huff of Liberty Bowl Spirits about the history of the Whiskey Rebellion. Troops marched right behind where we sit today, ready to strip distillers of their whiskey and their livelihood. We'll learn about how southwestern Pennsylvania became the cradle of American whiskey making. My name is Ellen Huff. My husband and I are owners of a whiskey distillery located in Washington, Pennsylvania. We incorporated as Mingo Creek Craft Distillers, and we make a brand of whiskey known as Liberty Pole Spirits. We started the process three years ago, but we have only been open to the public and selling whiskey since July of 2016. The distillery is located on the National Road and right behind the home of David Bradford that is now a museum. But the whole significant reason that we're even here, we were lucky to get the building. It came available just when we were looking. And it seems odd, but this is the place where 13,000 troops marched. It was the first time that America, a new country, had ever established any type of military, an army. They established an army and marched him right into David Bradford's house to knock on his door to arrest him for not paying his excise tax. So we feel like the location of this distillery is a way to honor what happened here. If we can do quality whiskeys, we can bring back what was once done here with great dignity. A group of farmers, they called themselves the Mingo Creek Society because they were known as the Mingo Creek Settlement. Most of them came from Ireland and Scotland. And the reason most of them came here was because the Brits had begun to tax them unfairly on spirits. Whiskey, they made. They made a lot of whiskey out of barley. Especially in the 1600s, every time there was a war in England, they taxed the Scotch and the Irish and they usually taxed them unfairly, and they were almost corrupt at some times because they were located so far away from London that it was easy to be corrupt, to identify yourself as a false tax collector, and either overtax them to steal their farms or their wives. So a lot of those men had moved here on purpose to avoid all of that. So then the young country fought the Revolutionary War, of course, and became independent of England and so the 13 colonies were surrounded by Native Americans, Spanish owned a lot of the territory that went down the Mississippi River and the French owned New Orleans. So now there's no money out here after the Revolutionary War and there's not a lot of things coming from the coast. So what would end up happening is you getting weird things. You would not get any money. You would not barely get salt, barely get sugar, barely get fabrics. When you are now a young country, you, you return home from fighting this war. You come back to your farms. You need to sanitize the water because the water was filthy and you couldn't drink it. You used the water as a way of disposing of everything. So it was full of garbage. So in order to distill it, what they ended up doing, especially the Brits, would call on Scotch-Irish distillers who were very familiar with distilling. So those guys were the distillers. And this particular group of people that settled here grew corn, they grew wheat, they grew barley, 
but they also grew rye as a cover crop like farmers do today. It just keeps soils from eroding. Around 1790, the French started the French Revolution and they asked for some of the money back that we had borrowed from them to pay our soldiers and pay off military debts. And there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh that believe that Robert Morris also gave a lot of his personal funds for that, so they wanted to pay him back. So Alexander Hamilton had received the nomination for the first Secretary of the Treasury, and he proposed the same things they had done in England. You tax the spirits. And so, again, the people here in this area of the territory thought that was hilarious, you know? They didn't know whether they were Virginia. They didn't know whether this southwestern Pennsylvania belonged in Pennsylvania. They really weren't even part of much territory. But what they had become here was a way to go west. So lots and lots of settlers from the other 13 colonies get into Pittsburgh, where they would get on barges on the Ohio River and travel to Ohio. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania ask all the people in southwestern Pennsylvania, if you distill anything, don't distill the corn, don't distill the wheat. You could distill rye, but we need flour to make bread for all the people that are coming to Pittsburgh to go west. And Pittsburgh had a lot of great taverns, and they had tons of great inns. And inns had been developed just from people's homes where they would give beds, six people to a bed, and you had to take your boots off, and you weren't allowed to put your dog in the bed with you. They were under a lot of pressure to feed people that were traveling west. So that is why the Scotch-Irish, the only thing they could distill was the rye. So they would distill it, and then they would use it when the settlers came. Hey, do you have any salt? Do you have any sugar? I'll give you some whiskey. For five more minutes in food history, visit www.pghcitypaper.com or subscribe to City Paper Podcasts in iTunes. Go to our archives to hear our series on absinthe or listen to episodes on topics like the history of bitters. We'll check up with you soon, but until then, go make some history of your own.